Lou, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and with me first is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, oh, actually, I should probably look up what this is called. Uh, it is a a Negroni variation. Um, it's Aperol, Gin, and Lillet. Um, what is that what called? Is. It's uh okay, just it is just called a unusual Negroni. Uh, <laughs> so uh Lillet is a um a wine-based aperitif that's um kind of light crisp citrus aroma, mild sweetness, honeyed entry, slightly dry body. It's like uh it's it's a flowery French thing. It's a flowery French wine thing. Um, so it's it's instead of using a vermouth, which is you know the like darker bold version, um, you know vermouth and Campari, you get like it's a it's a more bracing drink. This one's Aperol and Lillet, and it's kind of flat, you know flowery and uh, crushable, refreshing. <laughs> very good and with us also today we have a very special guest from the other side of the commonwealth we have with us dave roberts dave what are you drinking oh, it's, uh, it's 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 a bit early to be getting on to the negronis over here so <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a legendary moment here <laughs> i mean, I, mean I, I i can come up with something creative at 10 47 in the morning if you want but i just have a uh i just have my uh, my, my coffee in the morning at the moment so. <laughs> i feel like i need to go put, I, feel like, I feel like i need to go and put some whiskey in it to, to, to get into the kind of mood for this call so <laughs> uh indeed indeed and i am drinking a georgian bay pear gin smash so that's kind of like a i don't know like a little cooler a thing. Canned, canned one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canned cocktails are a thing here. Do you have canned? Yeah, cocktails? no, we do. Yeah. Uh, I've I've tried. So they've been improving. The first few, yeah. like a few years ago, they started with the canned cocktails and the uh, alcohol in. Like they always seem to have that kind of saccharin. Chemical. Yeah, like saccharin chemically taste. Uh, how's that one? This one's pretty good. It's not super sweet. It's just a little sweet with the pear in it. And I think like the first ones always were either I think like mostly vodka and this one the gin, which I think takes a little bit of the edge off the sweetness too. So it's good. Yeah, I think I always like they're they're trying to make them for the uh, average consumer, and uh, you know usually that's a little sweeter than I want a cocktail. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I mean, yeah, they're not my Given the circumstances under which you're recording today, it's working just fine. What are, what are what are the circumstances in which you're recording today, Brent? I'm not sure what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the alcohol I'm consuming. Oh. <laughs> but I'm in my car, but I will let my kid drive home because he is safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my car after I did a race and before my kids lacrosse game. That is what I'm fitting in recording a podcast. So. And uh, what race did you do? I did HSRL race two this week. So we will get into HSRL. This week is Chasing the Sun, which is 
what is it, 35 kilometers? 35.1, uh, 279 meters of climbing. Uh, was Were all of the segments active? All of them were active. Um, so, so, yeah, it's alley sprint, railway sprint, country spent sprint, temple KOM, and then the tower sprint reverse. Yep. That's about right. Although I will say also you do rooftop reverse, but there's no segment. <laughs> right? So you just gotta in my case try and to it's... hold the eggs up rooftop, which isn't too bad, but uh it could be bad because it's right after the long like the railway railway sprint is a long one. It is. Yeah. Uh, Although I, I gotta say that I don't know if it caught guys off. So I mean first thing that alley sprint is like what, one K in? Less than a K? Yeah. It, it, that was a, that did catch me a bit off guard, frankly. And especially with, like, I was in a race with Ty Mangum and Mike Fish. And I don't know who Chris Keo is, but he's a very strong rider. And they, they like, they took off, like, right at the start. And, like, I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is, like, a 600-meter sprint. <laughs> and they were gone. And I'm like, okay, fine. So, that, so yeah, you do that one right away. And then you kind of get a bit of a break. So, so you, okay, you did catch on. I was going to say, like, so you were in a race with them, but <laughs> yeah. never actually yeah, saw them. No, I did catch on. I did catch on before we got to railway. And then at railway, actually, I probably got the second best time. And, and I don't know if they didn't quite realize what was going on or whatever, but I did get a pretty good, like, tail gun and then came through. And the only other guy who, like, sprinted through the last half of the sprint was Mangum. So I'm not really sure what happened there, but I, like, I'm pretty sure I got the second best time behind Ty on that one. And that's the, the you you climb up the little, like climb up onto the railway and immediately do the sprint. Is that right? Yep. That's, yep. It, yeah. There's kind of like you go up onto it and then there's like a little dip and then you're into it or whatever it is, like worried. Uh, this, yeah. is, this is one of those ones that, that I never really trust because it's, I, I think it's wrong on Zwift Insider, but Zwift Insider oh. has it as a 640 meter yeah. sprint it's pretty um, long it's, it's, so. it's pretty easy, it's pretty easy to get caught out on that one too as well so you know i've 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 got caught out a couple of times there when you're a little bit tired and they surge they, they surge up up and onto the railway and then you know the sprint goes quite early and you're a little bit far off the back and you know you can get a few splits there quite often yeah yeah, so I did good on that one. And then I will give a quick shout out to Mark Prado, who did the immediate left-hand turn when the rest of us turned right on the first <laughs> 10 seconds of the course. The poor guy, he's like, where did you all go? It's like, uh, you made a wrong turn, man. <laughs> and then I think I think he rode for an hour at about 4.0 anyway, but... <laughs> Why? <laughs> he said, oh, I'll just get some finish points. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, you keep it up and ready to ride. You may as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I mean, but I, like, why would he get finish points? Like, where is he going? I, <laughs> I mean, it was funny because he showed up then, like, all over the course, like on the like. You never see his bike. We just see the stupid like. He's minus three minutes. He's plus two minutes. <laughs> like, you never see him, but he just shows up in the result. I've, I've done a ZRL race before where one person went the wrong way and, you know, you, you literally, you, you'd be coming down, you see somebody coming the wrong way up the course towards you and you just think nothing of it until, you know, this guy was like three minutes down with four kilometers left to go 
somehow he ended up beating the field by like a minute. <laughs> Nobody saw him come past us. I think we were going up Temple Com. That's right. We were probably it was probably Chain Chomper or something like that. And we were going up Temple Com and the leaders and, like and and all of a sudden this guy came from absolutely nowhere. Nobody saw him come past them. You know, you're looking back through everybody's stream trying to work out what it is, and it's basically something. You, you look at with power afterwards. It's some guy who's been sent the wrong way around the course, basically. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we got some good weirdness going on in, in race two with the A's. And then, uh, yeah, so you do railway, then you do the rooftop reverse. Um, like I said, it's not a segment, but you got to hold the group across there. You uh, stay with the group. I mean, you were only riding with the A's, but do you expect people to push there? Or is that, it's just, it's not super steep. Yeah, I, I would I would guess like the A's there was a little surge close to the top. I had to I pop I actually had a feather I popped a feather and and kind of caught back onto the group. Um, I would be surprised in B's or C's if anyone bothered to try and drop people there. Like there's just no margin in it really in an A's race with so much to go. So, but you know it's still for sure if you're like at the back end of the group you got to be ready to hold the group though because they will go like tempo to threshold right so they'll make and depending make on yeah if you're at if you're at the low end of your category that's yeah. their their tempo threshold might be above your threshold yeah yeah so and, and the, the reverse direction i think just has a few little steeper pitchier bits like I, I don't remember seeing on the forward direction too many sixes but this has like sixes and sevens in it okay not for, very, not for very long but you see it so from there, it looks like it's about 10K from from the top of the rooftop to Country Sprint. So you come out of Neokio uh, into Umezi. Uh, yeah, through that little just, dirt connector in the tunnel and then downhill into the bottom of that countryside paddy field section there. Uh, you do the sprint and that's... <laughs> You start with two really long sprints, and then you get like an eight-second sprint. Uh... Yep, less than that. I think uh, Mangum and Mike did seven fives and seven point six. Like they just murdered it. Um, I went early, so there's this is so you got to look for the there's a little like bus stop or whatever FOMU thing on the right hand side. Don't quite go there in this direction. That's a little too early. You got to kind of give it like that thing and then like one, two, three, because that's where I started with an arrow. And I went early, and, and Mike and Ty Mangum both came around me like right at the start of the sprint line. So you got to yeah. wait a little bit longer. So this is, we've we've all probably done this, this uh, sprint in both directions so many times. This is the one that is uh, with all of the flat land ahead of it. Uh, that leads up into the the climb up to the little village, right? Yeah, you go uh, through like the first village, the Onsen, or is that the lower village is called Onsen? Yeah, I think that's right after. Yeah, yeah. So the climb is through the fishing village, but you this is that you know the direction where you're kind of curving around past that bus stop, you do the sprint and then you immediately have to start climbing. Yep. Um, yep. And you do the climb to Onsen and then like up past the bridge, like the little the little bridges up to the Temple KOM. 
And uh, well, so let's just start with uh, what, maybe maybe we start with bike selection overall, and then we talk about Brent's uh, experience. So yeah, well, I think I think up until this point, obviously the best choice is your fastest arrow. Uh, but if you are not doing a bike swap, it might be Tron for the whole race. Yeah, I think you might want Tron. It's there's some. It's pretty rolly. Um, yeah, fastest arrow for the segments. I, I, either one, I don't think is really going to make. Too much difference is certainly until you get to this climb. If you want lighter for the climb, take your Tron. Assuming you're going to be holding the front group and not getting dropped, which we'll talk about those scenarios in a second. But well, I mean, it's a it's a dirt it's a dirt climb, so is is Tron the best choice? Well, <laughs> I mean, but versus an arrow, right, to get there and everything else, and if everybody's on the same thing, if you're I mean, if you think you can ride your gravel bike and hold everybody else in their arrows and trons through all those sprints and and rooftop, Godspeed to you. But yeah, you're wrong. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't have been holding the A's on a gravel bike. Let me put it that way. And I mean, maybe I could hold the C's if I was on a gravel bike. I don't think I'd be able to hold the D's on a gravel bike through all that. And I definitely wouldn't be winning any segments. So uh, what did I've done it once before on a gravel bike, but it was when I was it was when I was still C and I was very very top of the category. <laughs> uh, I had this experience in a ZRL race where I uh, raced it. It was I was in B, um, and I I started on a I I think I started on a Tron and got dropped from the front group. So I switched over and thought, oh, well, whatever group I end up in uh, after the climb, I'll be able to hold on to them on gravel bike. I was absolutely wrong. The gravel is so slow on anything but the dirt. Yeah, it, you could never, I, well, yeah, holding someone, it's holding like 20, a group they're all on gravel and dirt while you're on Tron would be impossible. But the opposite is also true. Once you are back on dirt or back on tarmac and you are on a gravel bike it's like an extra 20 watts uh which well, did, I, did i tell my story last week about that z racing one on mecca isle yeah yeah i did it i did it for 20 whatever kilometers <laughs> <laughs> but but then died <laughs> uh so what 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 did you do this week? So so this week when we hit countryside, that was where we got dropped. So Mike Fish and I both got dropped after countryside sprint on that climb. That those Keo and Mangum like attacked each other and went blasting off the front and Mike Fish and I both packed her in. And and I messaged Mike as we were like just getting into that climb and I said, Do you wanna like both swap onto gravel bikes and let's take gravel bikes up? It's like, Yep, let's do it. Let's see what happens. So we we get that we get close to like where the turn is. I thought I think we gotta like make sure we swap right at this turn. So yeah, good idea. Okay, I like hit like the like menu pair button right before that turn, right as I turn over the gravel. I rolled right across the KOM one. <laughs> 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 I swapped anyway. Got on my gravel bike, rode up, 
Mike Fish had managed to stop his bike a little earlier than mine, so he swapped before he got on. And then we were like side by side when we both came out of the pairing screen and we were taking off up the climb. And I, so whatever, we smash it up. And I did beat him to the line at the top, but I had rolled over the KO lines. Ended up beating me by something like 14 seconds on the climb. Uh, so there you go. You know your, uh, your bike swap time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it, the funny thing is, of course, like the Mangum and Keo beat us both by like a minute like i think tied at a sub six i did like a 720 and mike fish didn't get 705 as as we've talked about the top of the a's is just a unattainable (laughs) uh level they're just all very fast um i think i've talked about my my favorite like aborted failed bike swap where it was in hsrl when we were doing the first of the fall like herd club championship uh things and that's the north america fall (laughs) uh uh and i was in this uh battle with dean pedal and we were i i was pretty sure i was ahead of him but it was the one where we did chain chomper like three laps and on the last the the final lap i had done a gravel bike swap uh and was coming to the top of the climb and had clearly i was like all right i've got this wrapped up um just gotta like get back on my fast bike for the downhill so i can do another sprint and then uh and i hit the button and it stopped me like three meters before the line (laughs) and it it was just like and and even after doing a swap and then getting off i lost i lost that kom by like two seconds god damn it (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and then to add to my bike swap follies so mike fish ended up swapping at the top he swapped back on i think he must have swapped on the tron maybe swapped on the arrow Travel bike all the way to the bottom, and uh, we get to the bottom, and he's like, only he's right with me, whatever. So, of course, I then swap back onto my arrow, but he goes like through the village, there's no segments or anything there. He's like, Oh, are you done? Are you dead? I'm like, No, no, I'm just swapping on my He's like, Oh, I swapped at the top, like, Yeah, I'm coming. And I think he then swapped onto his arrow bike as I caught him, (laughs) and we went, then we went together, and um, I actually. We went to, um, so then we had to do Tower, right? Is the last one. It's like kind of 3K from the end. Tower Sprint Reverse. Tower Sprint Reverse, yeah. And I actually, um, I had an arrow, and I, like, Mike's a very strong sprinter. And I, so I actually went early and led him into that, and he just murdered it. He won it. He killed it. So that was kind of fun. So that's impressive, that. assuming the, the, uh, front, the front group was actually a group. Well, it was just the two of them, right? It was just Ty oh, Mangum and yeah. Sergio. It was only the two of them. So, and, and they did the... sprint it. Their numbers do the peak at that time, but you know, this is the downside of the A's, right? Like, how many were in the race? Five. We started with six. Well, it said nine in the pen, and then there was like six of us on the road right away. 
Prado made a wrong hand turn, and then some guy dropped, like, after 5K. He just dropped out of the race. So we finished, I think, just the four of us finished. Maybe one guy behind us somewhere. All right, so that's uh, HSRL for the week. That's HSRL. Dave, are you doing any any other herd races besides that ladder stuff these days? Uh, not at the moment. Um, I've, I've been doing primarily ladder most of the time. So I did the last, um, I did the full HSRL series that finished probably five weeks ago, and I did I did that. And then um, I've been I've been trying to get back into doing a bit more structure. Is what I've been trying to do. So, um, but I was doing far too much racing and not enough structure, and and, and you know it's. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a fine balance between having fun and actually trying to get faster. So, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I find structures pretty good for me in terms of, you know, just don't think about what you've got to do. Just, you know, turn, turn thrift on, get on the bike and do what you're told to do, basically. That, that, that works quite well for me. Whereas in, if I don't have the structure, I can procrastinate quite a bit. And, you know, I feel like doing this today or I do that and it all just becomes a bit random. So I was racing three or four times a week, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, which is just probably which is just too much for me. So I've been trying to kill it, cut it down to probably once to twice a week now, and then try and get some structure in. And, and unfortunately, the, the Saturday racing, which is I, I was doing, I think it's race three, I think, which is five o'clock on a Saturday evening my time in Australia. Um, and I was, I was I was doing that one, and that that's actually quite a good race to be in. I was, uh, it's quite favourable for me. So the B grade fields are. Uh, around a level which is very suitable for me, <laughs> and then of course you know with 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 HSRL you end up with half the field that understands the rules and half the field half the field that don't understand the rules, <laughs> which is all the better for you. Thanks, exactly. Right? I mean, I, when, when people realise it's a point race, I do normally type something like "reading rules is optional" into chat. Right? <laughs> you don't need to read the rules to turn up and race. Just don't be surprised if you handicap yourself in the process. Right? So. <laughs> So no, I'm, yeah. I'm, pretty much doing, I'm pretty much doing just ladder at the moment. We want it to be a week, basically. Yeah, it's got to be a bit like like the fields must be a bit rough for you guys this time of year, I'm afraid. Oh, I mean, what? I mean, HSRL. I mean, we were pretty the the race at kind of five on a Saturday afternoon. We were getting probably 20, 25. Oh, well, say fifteen to twenty-five, but you probably only end up with ten of those actually actually competing if you understood what was going on, basically. So, sure. yeah. it's, it's, it's quite it's quite a good time slot because I mean, so what? What five o'clock over here? You've got the UK guys early morning for them, basically. So. And then the evening guys uh, on this side of the world as well. So 5 p.m. is a little bit early for the East Coast of the U.S. guys. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, 5 p.m. is probably 3 or 3 a.m. your time, I think, something like that. So <laughs> Very close, yes. I've been mountain time, so... I know the East Coast guys that I race with, uh, 8 o'clock my time is 6 a.m. their time. So 8 p.m. my time is 6 a.m. their time. So, yeah, 5 would be 3 for them, I think, something like that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be keen to, you, you gotta be keen to be racing at 3 a.m right <laughs> uh, brent's done it i'm 
Not for an entire like ZRL season or anything. Let me tell you, that wouldn't be happening. <laughs> so every, every now and again, if I don't have a slot and I'm doing the herd series and I say HWR, I think that the last slot is 2:30 a.m. on a Monday morning for me. I think so. Race seven is 2:30 a.m. Monday morning, and if I haven't managed to find any other windows and I want to get the points, I I, I have done that one before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zwift racing. <laughs> We've all done so many dumb things. <laughs> all right, let's go on to herd beginner racing. Looks like we're on RGV this week. Yeah, that is that is right. Uh, so again, yeah. So uh, again, H uh, herd beginner racing is our D category series. Uh, this one is one lap of RGV, which is. 25 kilometers, um, pretty flat. Uh, you go out, you do the majority of the kind of flatter parts of France uh, out through uh, the aqueduct and then and then through the rollers um, and the, the kind of intestines uh, uh, and then finish at the marina sprint, I believe. Yes, I think that's right on our GV. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's pretty flat. I mean, just stay in the group and win your sprint, especially for herd beginner racing. That's what it's all about. Learn your drafting technique. That's what all there is to it. Stay stay with the group over the aqueduct. Don't get dropped. And that brings us. Two, I think then we'll do mountain goats. Mountain goats, I think people are going to be uh I think fields are gonna be light this week, is my guess. Is it the full? Is it the full route? Uh I haven't. It is it is not listed on the spreadsheet, but the listed uh route is Ventop. So we should do the little disclaimer. So mountain goats is our our climbing series. It is basically scratch racing, usually ending at the top of a climb and involving like just the craziest, most mountainous routes of the game. And this week is, yes, Ventop, which is the France Mont Ventoux simulation soul destroying course. I'm I'm looking up now whether uh, okay, herd of mountain goats. Oh <laughs> well, this isn't helpful. Uh, it still lists last week's course, so <laughs> that hasn't updated them yet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just just assume for the moment that it's the full vent top because this is this is the final race of the season in Mountain Goat. So I'm I'm relatively confident actually this is going to be the full vent top. So. I would guess so. Uh, the this was also the closing uh, the final race two series ago. Uh, that ended in January. So, um, I mean, every once in a while, you you get out there and you do a one hour if you're really fast, two hours if you're not. Uh, climb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. If you have never ridden vent up and you have nothing to do this weekend, and you find yourself with a mountain go time slot that works for you, go ride vent up. Everyone should do it once. It is an experience. <laughs> and if you race it, it's even more of an experience. 
<laughs> an incredibly uh, monotonous experience. I can, I can actually say I, I've never done bent top, right? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't actually have anything against climbing, but everyone says, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's not the most interesting experience. So I think I do actually need a race to motivate myself to do it, basically. <laughs> All right, I had, goats it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it hadn't been those races, then I think the two I've been in are like herd club championship and some other stupid multi-day like Omnium or something ridiculous like that event. Um, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't in those, I don't know, even like a, well, I guess it was in a ZRL or something, I would do it, but I mean, so it is. I, my, the thing that has motivated me to do it, and I actually almost did a double ascent, uh, was they were doing it in the tour. And I was like, I'll just do the same thing the same day while I watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I, like my knee started telling me not to finish. And I, I, I did most of the one and went, I'm not doing two. <laughs> yeah i i can remember having done two races on there one i remember like was reasonably strong like i you know i don't know I, i'm not a very good climber i don't know i know other guys talk about they can always like go way higher power compared to their other times on flats to climb so i'm not that guy i'm way faster like I, my if i do an hour climb i can do whatever power but if i do an hour flat i can probably do 10 percent more <laughs> i don't know but but i did okay on bent up and then i know there was one with Brian O'Connor and I absolutely just flamed right out. Like I like like you know you just hit the like I need to just pedal a hundred watts for like another five minutes, otherwise I'm gonna fall off this damn bike. That was <laughs> that was my one ascent up bent up. Uh I in the I think we did in the herd club championships. I I remember uh starting it side by side with Nate Holm. Uh he was minutes ahead of me because he went out hard and I knew like this is going to be an hour and a half plus like I just need to hold sweet spot like just just stay in the like sub threshold and he got several minutes ahead and then by the time we were up near the top he was like 10 minutes behind because he just absolutely exploded yeah you gotta you gotta really pace yourself and get into it for sure uh, I don't know if anyone watched today's tour stage. Uh, I didn't watch it, but like, were they like going like attacking like all the way from the start? Like they were like strung right out in the videos I was watching. Uh, so I'm actually the the what I was talking about is how the uh, final climb was ridden by the breakaway because uh, the I. I let me know if I'm uh, if I shouldn't spoil anything. Uh, Spoiler! But, uh, Stop listening now for the next thirty seconds if you yeah, haven't watched. But the, <laughs> let's just say it this way: but the winner uh, paced things way better than the rest of the breakaway. But that 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 that, that that's where his strengths lie, though, right? We 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 know who we we won't say the name, but we know who won. He's very much that type of rider, right? So. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. 
let's just the team the team is well known for staring at their head units <laughs> <laughs> Just ride uh, to power. Um, <laughs> so what's the next series? Uh, Climbers Gambit's on break for the next four weeks at least. And then we've got uh, Stampede. So we're doing the Stampede. This is week one of our Stampede Watopia summer shootout. So this is going to be siege, you know, um, GC time base, right? So just your time across all four routes. So this week we are doing Tempest Fugit, 19.7 kilometers straight flat. I, if you've never ridden a Tempest Fugit, hey, you should definitely see how fast you can ride a Tempest Fugit straight it all out. So you have is, the, it, is the 19.7, that's the full route? Yeah. Yep, full Tempest Fugit. Everything we're doing in the summer shoot is like a full route, so it all is ending at a banner, and you can look up the routes and all that stuff, and I'm sure all the routes will all have Strava and all the rest of it. So, so yeah. Get out. This is, you know, Every, I mean, it's a 20 kilometer basically dead flat time trial. Everyone should kind of ride one of these once in a while. See where you're at. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at pan flat, pan flat uh, 22s. That's not, that's not where my strength lies. <laughs> no, you, you like to break some bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why so, you got to do it, right? You got to try it out once in a while. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy to, to to give them a go. I think we were doing uh, we were doing we were, we were doing uh, what was it? It was DRS a few weeks back, and that had a, a double double header stage in, and one of the stand one one of the double headers was uh, was it was an ITT, and it was just. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't a good outcome for me, is all I'm saying. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, luckily, there are people in the team that I race with who are much better at TTTs than ITTs than I am. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, I love so so. This is just something I, I like doing when we have one of these. Uh, just checking approximate times. It's a, it's harder for something like this because you expect most of the fastest Tempest Fugit times are going to be in group rides rather than in your ITTs. So like probably add a couple minutes, uh, but fastest days somewhere in the 20 minutes range. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, fast Cs are in the high 20s, um, but I, I am uh, encouraged here. Uh, this is one of the few segments uh, where I am ahead of Sep Kuss. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think 80s are going to get quite as low as 20. Like if they get a 20 flat, that will be a miracle. On a uh, 19. Yeah, so so that's a uh Tatum has a 1941 and I'm guessing that was in a like group race. Yeah, it's got to be in a ZRL. That was no, it was in the uh Faster Masters sub 2 hour 100k oh. challenge so like yeah. they were just riding at 50k like yeah yeah, yeah. i would but, say you're you like your an a's should probably be targeting around like a 40, 22 four, maybe kph yeah yeah you know b's are probably around a 42 43 kph c's are just 40 ish yep and d's you might be a little under like might be like a 38 yeah 
it's basically twenty k. Do the math. It's, if you're if you're a forty k pH, it's a half hour. Yep. yep. Good. And then we got bullseye this week is Neokio crit. How many bloody sprints is going to be in bullseye Neokio crit? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> uh, six laps, thirteen sprints. That sounds very uh, unpleasant. And the the sprints are the alley sprint and Castle Park reverse. Oh, okay. So, so, so to be clear, remember in Bullseye, it's just across the line. You don't have to worry about how long the sprint is. You just got to get to the line. Yes. And I okay. think uh, if they don't have the horse, let's see. I think that the... Um, that the uh, Castle Park Sprint Reverse is the one where you come downhill. Um, you like go up into the little up in the castle, yeah, castle, and then you kind of come down and you do that little hairpin into the sprint. Yes, I think that's right. And then if you're going into alley, um, I'm actually not. Actually, I think you might be wrong. This. I think it's the other way. I think you're coming from the road and you do it, and then you go up into the castle and then you ride out to the castle and then you do the alley right it's like about 1.2 1.3 k so you hit that alley start and then you go those 480 meters through you the know, alley there's six laps you'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think it's i'm pretty sure it's the one where you come off like the car park parking lot thing and you hang a right and that's the start of the sprint line right there for castle park reverse and then you do that one you go through the castle then you come out of the castle, you make a left-hand turn, and then you'll hit the start line for alley. And that's the like the long, windy alley direction. Yeah, it does look like the Castle Park sprint is the one where you're you do the sprint and then you go up the kind of windy bits uh into yep. the castle. So yeah, for sure. Good. Uh there goes. just oh, just a quick um reminder for people next week's. HSRL route will be on rooftop rendezvous, eight laps. Uh, that's going to be pretty brutal, I think. Um, is that just the only segment is, is the climb? Uh, that is that's a mean <laughs> course. I'm so I am I am doing a rest week this week, uh, which. Like so, I'm not doing the chasing the sun, but that means that this coming week is my first big like race back is going to be that, and that's going to suck. Um, yeah, you got some four minute map segments in you. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if I've got eight of them. <laughs> this is luckily this is uh with the Z map categorization rather than the compound score so i get to race it with a group that i might be able to stay with for half the race oh do you get to stay in the seas yeah oh uh, lucky you lucky you yeah I, I i i missed out by not doing the compound score side so I, the compound score had me literally in about the top five percent of the banding 
basically. Now now we're back to Z map. I'm about I, I looked at the other day, I'm about sixty-six percent of the way up the banding. So if I if I do this, I I probably had a really good chance in the last mini series. I've probably got less of a chance doing eight laps of rooftop rendezvous two-thirds of the way up the banding, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we'll talk more about how evil that is next week. And then uh, the the final uh, thing is next week's herd beginner racing is on Rolling Highlands, um, and that will be is that one lap or two laps? Uh, it's one lap, so fourteen k. Um, oh, yeah. And I, that's yeah, a that's a good course, long lead in. Yep, um, I really like that course. Excellent. All right, so let's move on. We're going to move on to our Around the Horn. We're going to start with Around the Horn by talking to Dave about the ladder racing series. Putting on, it's, it's a joint effort between like Disu and Socks for Watts and Socks for Watts and maybe yeah, the it's, it's, Electric it's, it's, Spirit or something. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. It's a, it, it's basically it's it's a community kind of organized series. Basically, there's a few, there's a few clubs come together. Uh, I think it's Electric Spirit uh, and Sisu. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the first season was, uh, first season finished when probably mid-May, I think. So see, we're into season two now. So first season was a kind of trial. They ran primarily uh, in the EMEA. It was about 30 teams or so, I think, they had in that. Um, didn't know much much I didn't hear much about that going on first thing I heard about it was when they were wrapping up season one and season two was starting and there was the it was a Zwift insider article around it uh, which which kind of uh, we just wrapped up uh, ZRL we, we'd finished DRS as well and we were looking for something new to race and this came up and we thought it sounded quite interesting so you know the uh, the casseroles who, who, who I had the pleasure of riding with decided to jump in and give it a go. We did a quick uh, round the doors. There was enough interest to be able to pull a team together. So we, we, we jumped season two, basically. So um, I don't know, I don't know what, 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 what everyone knows about Ladder League, but it's a, it, it's a pretty interesting concept from our side of things. So uh, it's you different. Should probably we know nothing based on our okay. commentary last week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, so I, I will start right at the start. 101 of Ladder League. Um, team-based racing, scratch racing, uh, 5v5 racing, basically. So in essence, five riders on each team. Uh, challenging team gets to select the course. You pick a course which plays to your strengths over the team you're racing against. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately you get it on. So uh, first across the line gets 12 points. Second across the line gets 10 points. Third across the line gets eight points. And from then on, it's from then from there on, it's seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Team that accumulates the most number of points between their riders wins the challenge. Very simple, uh, and it's a jump ladder format. So you can challenge a team up to five places above you. If you win, you jump above them in the ladder. Basically, everyone else slides down one. It's 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 pretty simple. So if we're Seventh, we challenge a team that's fifth, we beat them, we jump up to fifth, they drop down to sixth, everyone else drops down one below them, basically. So um it's different to a lot of other stuff we race. So there's no there's no foul, there's no FTS, there's no segments. It is literally, you know, pick a course that you think will see you will suit you and your teammates and try and devise some cunning plan to beat your opposition, basically. So um, 
we 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 really we really like it from the perspective of um, everyone matters. You know, when you're, I mean, ultimately, the magic number you need to accumulate is 29. If both teams get 29 points in a race, that will be a draw. That is achievable via a couple of scenarios. But anything over than 20, anything over 29 points, you win. Anything below 29 points, you get beaten. Basically, so you are. Um, it, it's it's good because teams, you know, there, there are a lot of other series which skew heavily towards having one superstar rider. And, you know, there are a lot of other series which, which skew very heavily towards having a dominant sprinter. And if you don't have a dominant sprinter, you're going to, you, you can still compete, but you're never going to, you're never going to win. Uh, whereas in this one here, it's around, it's, you would need to have at least three strong riders in a team to stand a chance. So if you have two dominant riders, um, you can you can come first and second and still lose a race basically. So it's a bit more strategic. We we really like it because because it's tactical. Um, you know you've got to come up with something that that suits the strengths of your team. You know that doesn't play necessarily to the strengths of the opposite opposition team. And then you've got to you've got to try and execute it. <laughs> you know, and it's 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 one thing having a plan. It's another it's another thing executing it when you're racing against somebody else who has a plan who's trying to stop you from executing your plan. So. Uh, we we just we 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 really like it. So we are um, we stream most of our races on 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 the Herd Racing YouTube channel. Uh, recently, we've been starting to connect Discord as well, so people can kind of try and understand, you know, why we're not chasing that break or, or why we're suddenly dropping power down here. Um, you get to understand a few. It was really interesting this week. So this week we we raced a team called Always Dirty, uh, who were actually graded higher than us. So. Um, it's probably worth saying as well that this it uses the gradings, it uses the new uh, the Zwift Racing rankings. So we're not we're not graded by A B C D. Uh, we're graded by um, ranking based categorizations, which are diamond, ruby, emerald, sapphire, all the way down basically. Um, most teams have multiple different uh riders from multiple different categories. Your team is graded by the highest rated rider. So if we had one emerald rider, five sapphire riders, and three amethyst riders. We'd be an emerald ranked team. Uh, most teams have riders from multi categories. Uh, obviously, when you get up to the very top end, you know you've got teams with solo category riders in there. But it's um, it's inclusive. It's varied. You know, it's it's one ladder, so you don't have a diamond ladder. You don't have a, an emerald ladder. It's one ladder for everybody. Uh, and then you literally you make your challenges. So there's there's two leagues in there. There's one currently running in, in EMEA, which has about 48 teams in it. Uh, and then season two, an APAC ladder started up as well. So there's about 16 teams in the APAC ladder at the moment. So still relatively early days. You know, it would be good to add some more teams into there to get a bit more variety. Um, but ultimately, 16 teams is enough teams is enough to challenge and, and keep different different people coming through every week. It's enough to Put you up against different opposition, and obviously, it's enough to build a few very friendly rivalries of teams that you, you know you, you want to beat or they want to beat you because the last time you raced, you, you beat them basically. So, is it a um, once a week thing? Is it like, no. hey, we want to race you guys, let's figure out a time? It, it, it is literally a so the mandatory commitment is one race on a Tuesday every month, basically. So, there is literally if you only want to race once a month, you only have to race what it's. Uh, the mandatory race week is first week, first Tuesday of every month, uh, and you will be assigned a race there. So they 
Uh, that's the only week you don't challenge. They basically, I think that, so the last mandatory race, they put all the teams into chat GPT and got chat GPT to draw, to, to decide who was facing who. <laughs> so I think they put in a banding of, you know, don't, don't match anybody who's more than three teams or who's more than three places away from another team. Uh, but yeah, in essence, it was uh, chat GPT did the last mandatory one. But, but outside of that, it is literally, you can race as often or as little as you want to, basically. So, it's community organized. Um, if I want to set up a challenge uh, as the captain, I have access to the to the organization area. I jump onto Discord. I stick a Discord post up saying, hey, you guys want to race? Uh, they respond, we're free or not. And then, you know, uh, we set up a time. Uh, so APAC time normally races between 0900 and 1000 UTC. But in theory, you can race literally whenever. Um, so captains agree a date, captains agree a time. Uh, and then the challenging team picks the course and the challenging team now picks the power-ups as well. So uh, recently we've moved to a to a new way of setting up the uh, the races and, and, and James has very kindly committed his time. <laughs> not sure how, I'm not sure how much he's regretting that now. <laughs> and the number of times that, that just on this podcast, we've heard the phrase like, and then James volunteered some time. <laughs> Well, it was a, it was, it, it was, it was, I mean, I didn't have an issue. So when, when the, the first half, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the first few weeks of this series, it was, it, it was the same as season one where captains would go in and they set them up via clubs and companion apps and, and that kind of thing, basically. And then all of a sudden this new process came out and James had volunteered some of his time and we were going through this new form and, and, and the benefits of that were we could use event only races as well as, you know, as well as control over power ups that we used in races, which, which is all great. It, 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 it's all great. So, um, I mean, you know, from my perspective, that works quite well. But I think there's, as with any new process, there's teething, there's, there's teething challenges whilst people get into the swing of things and what they're supposed to be putting in which field and obviously... I think James bears the brunt of some of that because he's the one who gets the, you know, <laughs> people telling him he set things up wrong when actually he's done what they wanted to and they've entered the data in wrong. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it, 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 it's good from the perspective of you know we you get you get to ride some really interesting courses. So um, you know it's it's all it's all user based. We we get to pick which course we want to ride. We get to pick which power ups we want to ride if we're the challenging team. Um, so we we raced twice last week. We raced or we we raced twice this week. We raced on Tuesday against a team called Always Dirty. Uh, we picked the course. Uh, we looked at the, we looked at the numbers we had. Our strengths were in one minute and two minute power over them. You know the numbers were all very. The two teams were very very evenly matched. Uh, they were graded as an emerald team. We we're a sapphire ranked team, is what we are. Um, so theoretically, we, we were the underdogs, but. When you set a challenge up and riders enter the pen, you get a whole load of data through the website in terms of, you know, 30 second, one minute power, you know, 30 second, one minute, two minute, five minute, 20 minute. Um, and they've even made it kind of fancy recently as well. They now, they've, they've now added in uh, maximum and median against each, against each thing as well. So very easily I can go in and I can look at, you know, our medium one minute power is X, their medium one minute power is Y. You know, this is, this is, this is where our strength lies basically. So we picked, um, seven laps of Queen's Highway <laughs> was what we did because I, I, I quite like I quite like most of the Yorkshire routes and you know Queen's Highway is uh, 
it has that kind of one one and a half k drag uphill where you can kind of put people under pressure. You can put somebody off the track. Then uh, what did we do? We picked well, I picked the draft man and the ghost as the power ups for the course uh, on the basis of you know if one of us was under pressure, maybe the draft man would help, and if one of us wanted to try and get away, maybe the ghost would help. Basically, so and 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 and, and it actually did so. Um, the race was very much made on, on, on lap two. So on lap two, one of our guys, Kieran. And if I let me let me come back a step. So it was it was really interesting on Tuesday because both teams stream and both teams connect their Discord. So I've, I've never I've never done one of the I know what happens on our side of things, right? But I've never watched another stream where the other team have had their Discord on. And I get to go through the race from their perspective as well, right? So it was actually really interesting, you know, watching our stream and then, you know, and watching their stream and looking at what they were doing and why they were doing and what they thought we were doing. <laughs> um, and that, that was quite interesting in looking at it from that perspective. But the race was very much made on lap two when uh, one of our guys, a guy called Kieran Smith, um, went halfway up the climb. And he put kind of five seconds in. We went very early on the climb, and he put kind of five seconds in. And if you watch their Discord, they're not they're not worried. They're just you know they're sitting there going, "Oh, it's one rider away. Don't worry about it. Don't let him get more than five seconds. Just hold him at five seconds." So towards the top of the climb, they they ramp it up. But I had a ghost, so I decided I was going to try and sprint away and bridge across under my ghost across the start finish banner, which I actually did. Uh, and then the moment they realised there were two of us off the front, they kind of panicked, basically, <laughs> and literally sprinted after us and, 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 and ended up uh, with two of their riders. When it all came back together, two of their riders were two seconds off the back, basically. So uh, we spotted this, we drove it on the downhill, and that was the end of them, 5v3 up front, basically, which... Uh, if you listen to, if you watch their stream back, that completely changed their race. So they basically then decided, right, we're down to three. We need to start. We need to find a way to get rid of one of their, at least one of their riders, to try and balance it up. You don't want to be coming into the final lap five, five on three in the final in the final lap, basically. So that, that changed their tactics, um, and they basically then started trying to sprint across the start finish line to catch us out, and they did that on laps five, six, and seven. Um, and they actually they, they they caught us out on the first lap, so you know they actually managed to get rid of one of our guys off the back. So they actually blew Sean off the back in on, on their first attack, and then we kind of we, we we kind of sussed it out and understood what they were doing from there. So um, they, they didn't manage to get rid of anyone else. So we we uh, fast forward a couple of laps. We come into the last lap. It's uh, four on three in the front bunch. Sean off the back in uh, trying you know Sean trying to hold on to eighth against two of their riders so he can secure three points for us. We still get three points for coming eighth, and every point matters in this race. It's a uh, it's it's an interesting format because racing matters right the way up and down the field. There's none there's none of this. You've been blown off the back. No worries. You guys roll. You guys form a Brupetto and roll home, right? <laughs> you know you're you're still very much trying to keep people off the back of you or or, or catch people in front of you, which is uh, which is which is one of the things that makes it interesting. Um, but yeah, we uh, again we we had a we had a ghost uh, literally before the start of the final climb. And lesson to everyone out there: if you're going to try and drop ghost people, don't wear fire socks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Wait. Kind of gives it away. So, so, so keep, 
Kieran wasn't across this. Kieran dropped his ghost, dropped his fire socks, and shot shot off the front with with limited success. But um, and know, just like the Back to the Future, like a fire trail of no bike out the front of the group. <laughs> Correct. I mean, to, to be fair, I, 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 my, my my general stance is I don't know why anybody would wear, wear fire socks when racing because even if you're not ghosting, oh, right, you, you you bump your numbers up. You get two or three seconds before everyone realizes you bumped your numbers up. Right? You wear fire socks, it just says, hey, everyone, I'm attacking right now. Right? Love it. But yeah. So uh, now it's quite good because, you know, Kieran managed to get a gap and we, we've got a we've got a really strong uh, B-grade climber. So one of the guys who races for us is a guy called Siyoshi. Uh, and he is uh, 58 kilograms um, and can do four and a half. Every guy. I know who you're talking about. He's kicked my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so Siyoshi can do, you know, four and a half watts per kilogram without breaking the B, without breaking the B bandings, right? So uh, generally when it comes when it comes to, uh, I mean, he can't sprint, right? I mean, his sprint is six, seven watts, right? But certainly when it comes to riding uphill, do I want to race Siyoshi uphill? Hell no. <laughs> so Siyoshi and Kieran got free, which kind of then you know made them chase a bit, basically, which was really interesting because their sp- their strongest sprinter got gapped at the bottom of the climb. Their strongest sprinter was six seconds off the back immediately, um, and at one point in time, we were holding one, two, three, four, about four hundred meters, five hundred meters from the line at the top of the sprint. Um, one of their guys ghosted and managed to beat us and take the win. Uh, but we took second, third, fourth, and fifth, which was enough. To, which was enough to secure the overall round for us. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's just really fun. It, it, it's fun because it's different. The tactics are very different. There's none of this sitting and just smash the segment, which is basically ZRL tactics. Right? <laughs> you know, um, you can you can attack each other at any point. You know, it's um, it, it, you know, we did uh, what did we do? We did cobbled climbs on Wednesday, the day after. Uh, at a similar time as well against uh, against WMZ, which is a... So WMZ is Waratah Masters. Um, so they are an outdoor cycling club. It's the online arm of, of, of them. Um, so Waratah Masters are a Sydney-based cycling club. Uh, and I, I, I do love their name, uh, <laughs> the Drop Bears. <laughs> uh, so to, to any, anybody who doesn't know if you attend if, if you ever come to australia and you know and you're concerned about the the dangerous wildlife that we've got you know and you think you think of snakes and crocodiles and sharks and all of that kind of thing most australians Spiders. Spiders, man. <laughs> most australians will tell you that's not the real dangerous thing most australians will tell you you know the real dangerous ones are the drop bears basically which are you know, we there's this mythical creature that's supposed to drop out of a tree, and you know, don't look up. The drop bears will drop down. You know, <laughs> if you Google drop, if you Google drop bears, you'll find plenty of pictures of you know koalas savaging people's faces that have been mocked up by people in in Photoshop, basically. But um, yeah, so there's the w, the WMG drop bears. They they they're almost a low. We seem to be racing them almost once a week at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> although we, we we have beaten them in the last two weeks, so maybe maybe, maybe it'll settle down now. Maybe, maybe now we've won two on the bounce, it will settle down. But, yeah, so we, we were doing cobble climbs, and you know, again, I, I don't know why they'd have picked cobble climbs. Our, our one minute power was. You know, if, if you looked at the numbers, our one-minute power far outweighed their one-minute power. So why you would pick a a race with a defiant with, with, with you know with a, with the, with the um, declining section being like a one-minute climb up Libby Hill, basically? Um, 
again, you know, it, it, it comes to picking things down to your strengths. But what was quite interesting was just across the bottom, we were looking, we were looking at it. And if you listen to our stream, you'll probably even hear me say on stream, don't worry about it. I can't imagine anyone attacking before the climbs. <laughs> and uh, literally halfway down the hill, within 30 seconds of me saying that, they're trying to bolt off the front, basically, because, you know, they want to make it. They're trying to make it hard for our strongest riders before they get to the climb, basically. So their strategy was to try and put us under pressure before we got there, make us work a bit. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Sean's changed his background to a drop there. <laughs> yeah. So that their strategy was to try and make it difficult for us. So we didn't we weren't able to use our one minute power basically. But um yeah look, the race the race went very much as planned. We managed to get a three V one or three V two breakaway away over the first climb and uh, and then, you know, the thing about that is once you've got control of the races, you, you make life easier for your guys behind it, right? So once we've got 3v2 away over the front, the guys who are then sitting, you know, our fourth and fifth riders are basically sitting behind us going, right, we're not going to work. Okay, so when, once we have the advantage in the front group, we don't need to close it down from behind, right? So if anybody wants to close it down, they need to work to close it down. It's, it's not our job to close it down, basically. Um, so then my guy, you know, um, so Sean and Paul basically get to sit on in fourth and fifth whilst their guys drag them around and then obviously when they hit the climbs next time round, you know, Sean and Paul basically get to try and bury the guys they're riding with. So yes, it's um it's 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 just fun. It's it's um it's, yeah. I think you could you could speak to literally anybody in the cassowaries and they would all tell you that you know they 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 very much enjoying the type of racing, they're very much enjoying the tactical aspect of it, you know, and they're very much enjoying the fact that everyone matters up and down the field so and you guys you guys have ridden together in crl too right yeah so we we um yeah so in essence this this comes from um uh from the zrl side of things so uh i when i when i got bumped up to be i got moved i, I race atlantic east basically so i got moved across to the cassowaries um we now run two teams in in atlantic east so uh cassowaries got big too many people came back one uh, one season, so we set up a new team as well. So we now have uh, the herd of Cassowary and the herd of wedge-tailed eagles. So uh, affectionately referred to as the wedgies. Um, <laughs> not sure if any, most of you know what a wedgie is, but a wedgie is an affectionate. Uh... <laughs> I'll let Sean Google it. What's, what's the Caddyshack line? You got to know what a. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to hold your putter to get, know what a wedgie is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we, we we have we have two teams now in Atlantic East for the Cassowaries and the Wedgies, basically, who both race B grade. Um, and literally, when 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 this came up, when DRS came up, I I, I, I had a quick uh, a quick round the houses for interest, and you know there was enough interest to do to do DRS, and exactly the same with this as well. So we only put we only have one team in this, but yeah, it all comes from the Atlantic East ZRL teams basically, which uh, which I was lucky enough to ride with, and they you know there's just a it's a bunch of guys who are really enthusiastic about racing. There, you know, I I, I try to I've, I've tried to foster a a spirit of fun and camaraderie over, you know, prioritizing winning. You know, we we don't pick our teams based on, you know, which team we think is going to be the strongest. We pick our teams based on, you know, uh, who we enjoy riding together and make sure everyone has a fair, you know, make sure everyone gets a fair shot and, you know, everyone everyone gets to ride evenly and, you know, people don't get left out just because they're not as strong as other people and what, what that's. 
what that's fostered is it's fostered a, a, a team of people who just enjoy riding their bikes together and enjoy racing their bikes together. And, you know, you can listen to any of the Discord chat that we have and it's all very friendly. There's a lot of banter. It's a, you know, it, I say to most people, we're not even racing for copy money here, right? So it's not like your, your local where, where, you know, where you get, you get you know, your 20, 30 bucks for crossing the line first. And, you know, I mean, people, people take 20 bucks, right? This is... We're racing for fun. It's around, you know, having fun together. It's around building some camaraderie, enjoying what we're doing, you know. And, you know, as a result, we have, you know, a bunch of guys who come back and enjoy racing together and, you know, have a bit of fun and prepare to go and prepare to suffer for each other. And, you know, it's 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 fun from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And how long does season two go for? Like when when will we switch over? I think it's ninety days. I, I, I don't know. So I, I think I think it's uh what this started on the twenty. It was around the twentieth of May it started. Um, we're about halfway through the season now, so yeah, it's probably going to take us through to the start middle of September, something like that. But new teams can be added at any point in time, so there is a process for new right. teams being added if they want to. It's not like the leaves are locked down. We had a a couple of new teams added a couple of weeks ago, basically. Um, but the, the the only restriction is you can only ride for one team, right? So you can't ride for multiple teams uh, within a given season. There, there was a transfer window a couple of weeks ago because obviously APAC is new. You know, some people added like 25 people to their rosters, <laughs> which is, you know, when, when you only need to field five a week is, is probably a bit excessive, basically. So a few people kind of split their teams out into teams relatively recently in a transfer window. But... Yeah, certainly. If people are keen to get involved, I mean, certainly there is lots of room for teams to be added. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a process around getting your team in. It might take because we're mid-season. It might take a couple of weeks for your team to get added to the roster. Um, there's some, you know, there's some. We've 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 agreed some rules around where new teams get entered. So new teams get entered in um, at the bottom, or sorry, below. <laughs> How do I describe this? Teams are given a category based on your highest rider. If you are a uh, Emerald team, you would go in at the bottom of the Sapphire teams. So the, the the grade below the grade of your team, you get entered at the bottom of there, and then because you, you have to earn your way up basically as the concept. The whole concept of ladder league is you beat a team above you, jump them. So you can go up the league quite quickly. I mean, theoretically, you could jump ten spots in a sixteen-team league in two races, right? If you if, if you challenge the right teams and you won both of those uh, but the concept is around you know new teams don't just automatically get given a position they have to earn their position up but you don't want them just blowing teams that are much weaker than them out of the water because that's not fun for anybody basically so uh, it's around it's around making it competitive while still giving them something to to, to do to earn their way up basically so. Yeah, it's lots and lots and lots of fun. If anybody, you know, if anybody's interested, more than happy to point people in the right direction. Um, you know, it's something it's something I've, I'm I'm pretty passionate about because obviously, you know, uh, I see how much fun my guys are having. So it's definitely something I'm happy to help people with. Uh, I think you know, it's it's, um, it, it's very different to everything else we do basically on Swift. It's, you know, it's, it's a very different format. So it's fun. Yeah, well, it's yeah. very. I mean, this is all very much the spirit of herd racing and and how we, I think. Most herd teams manage their stuff, you know. I mean, there's a there's a few TTT teams that are out there to win it, and there's a you know a few of our ZRL teams that I mean they like to do well, but but they're doing well within like their category and stuff, right? So yeah. it's very much like we're we are, we're here 100. We're here to race for fun, a little bit of fitness, 
And that's about it, right? As long, anything that encourages you to push yourself as hard as you can during every race is, is all we're really ever looking for when we go out there and get on our bikes. And, you know, I mean, yes, absolutely, it's all for fun, but, you know, we're, we're still going pretty well. So I think there's there's 16 teams, and, and it's, it's, the same as, it's the same as LRL. So, you know, the categories generally race B1 in ZRL, um, you know, in, in Atlantic East. Are, 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 do we have the sprinters to win and be in the top two? No, but, you know, we come fourth, fifth, sixth, kind of in a 14-team league. And if you look at the club ladder, we're currently sitting, there's, just, there's 16 teams. Uh, just doing quick maths, there's two diamond teams, two ruby teams, four emerald teams, four sapphire teams, a couple of amethysts, and a couple of platinum. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that, we're currently sitting fifth in the ladder with the highest ranked sapphire team. Um, we beat Always Dirty on, on Tuesday. They were the highest ranked emerald team. So we're actually, you know, as a, as a sapphire team, which is the fourth grade. We're actually ranked higher than any of the Emerald teams at the moment. So, you know, we're, we're, we're reasonably pleased with that. We're, we're, we're definitely punching above our weight. Uh, we are racing uh, Dirty Mittens uh, this coming Tuesday, who is another Sapphire team. They're currently three spots below us. Um, and then I've got some friends in Coalition A-Wings. So Coalition A-Wings are a Ruby-ranked team, so well above our station. They're currently sitting second in the ladder. Uh, and just based on friendly banter and rivalry, I have them lined up for the week after next. So. <laughs> well, we, won't, we won't ask you to like, uh, you know, give away any trade secrets in case any of the A-Wings are listening to the pink draw and just by chance. But uh, we'll certainly be looking for an update afterwards to see how it went. We will certainly. I mean, yeah. Look, so I, I watched the I watched the race the other day. A-Wings beat always dirty uh, around. Uh, one of the London routes that had um, that went over Box Hill, but they didn't manage to drop Always Dirty over Box Hill. So I kind of look at it and go, well, you know, what they did manage to do was out-sprint Always Dirty, basically. And I, I've watched a couple of their other races, and they race quite aggressively. So, you know, we'll, we'll need to come up with a strategy to beat that. And if you look at the numbers, you know, their 20-minute power is definitely stronger than our 20-minute power. You know, they're, they're two categories above us. What do you expect? <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, you know, that, that doesn't mean they're not beatable. You know, we've just got to find a way to play to our strengths and, 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 you know, not leave ourselves open to their strengths. So we'll see. But, you know, that, that, that's really around a friendly rivalry. I know, I know a couple of people in there. I race. There's a couple of people in Coalition who race quite a lot of the HS, the, the, the Herd series. They certainly race a lot of HWR and, a bit of HSRL, so you know, a bit of bit of friendly rivalry in there, and motivate my guys with the, uh, you know, with the opportunity to potentially go second in the league. You know, if we <laughs> if we won and got up to second, that's that's some dizzy heights for a Sapphire team. Right? <laughs> we might get a nosebleed. <laughs> awesome. Well, that that I mean, that sounds super fun. We're gonna have to figure out in herd racing. We'll have to get some teams. In some more ladder racing, that sounds great. There is, there is, there is definitely some interest. So, you know, there's a, there's a couple of people I speak to, you know. In fact, to be fair, I was actually uh, just trying to be nice to some friends the other day and see if there was enough interest to get a high, uh, to get a, a, an A slash really high B kind of team in there. And I've probably got, you know, four or five people who are interested in at the moment. If, 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 I might stick something up on the herd racing to see if I can build up. Realistically, you want a roster of eight, eight or nine, right? So because of the flexibility that comes with this, 
what what I try and do for the, what I try and do for the cassowaries is basically say right we're going to try I'm going to try and race between seven and eight pm my time, um, but ultimately it can be a Tuesday and and when I when I ask for interest I've got a spreadsheet which basically people fill in and they say okay I'm available, so I, I offer Tuesday Wednesday and race well, Tuesday Wednesday Thursday racing to most of the cassowaries and they go through and fill in their availability now we've got quite a few people that do TTTs as well so we try and avoid the Thursday racing but certainly. We've been known to race Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, and, and it's quite good because it gives you the ability, you know, if, if you do have nine people available in a week, you can race twice and just build two different rosters if you want to. Uh, it gives you the ability to get everyone a chance to race. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility. In theory, you can race any day of the week, any time of day, in theory, <laughs> as long as the captains agree, basically. So, you know, you, you, want, you want to have more than five people on your roster. You know, real life gets it a bit Life gets in the way, basically. You don't want to be building a team of three or four. That would put you at a significant disadvantage. I'm um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, potentially them starting an America's League because yeah. <laughs> uh, the EMAA would be probably a little early for me and APAC is just not doable, but uh, I believe it, is, it does sound fun. I believe I believe Americas is next up, basically. So I've heard I've heard a couple of other people interested in Americas. So. It's it there. They have it set up on the uh, ladder website. Okay. Um, there's just it is an empty no list. Right. It's an empty list right now. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I mean that, that, that should be coming soon. So uh, APAC was this year, basically. Uh, I haven't seen any chats on the Discord around around. I know there is interest, and I know they are gathering interest at the moment. So I can't imagine it'll be that far away. But I mean, <laughs> you don't need that many teams to make it work. You only need probably you know ten teams to make it work. You know, ultimately. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly I, I know there's a couple of other people from Bird who've shown an interest in, in getting involved as well. But want to wait for the Americas to get set up. So APAC yeah. works okay for the East Coast of the US. It doesn't work so well for the rest of America, right? <laughs> I was just going to say, so I think APAC timing is about 5 a.m. for the East Coast of the U.S., but, you know, it's going to be obviously 4 or 3 for, for, for Central or West, which, you know, <laughs> there are a few people who race at 3 a.m., but not many. <laughs> not that often. <laughs> Correct. Not 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 a weekly commitment to greed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, I I know we might say thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Thank you to Dave Roberts. That was an amazing insight into ladder. We should encourage everyone to get on herd racing. If you're interested in ladder racing, get in touch with Dave. You're in APAC, or he'll reach out. Let's put together some teams as these. America's teams come together because it's uh, very much in the spirit of her to do these types of group events together. So yeah. that's yeah. great. And it does look like there's, you know, there, you could always join in the EMEA team or set one up. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That too. Cool. So we will say enjoy your races, everybody. Moo and good night. Night. Bye, everyone. 